You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. We are a single-issue organization devoted to opposing the powerful homosexual activist, bisexual activist, transgender. Uh, the definitions keep coming. Uh, but we basically stand on the other side of the so-called gay movement. And we're very busy now. Uh, we've just uh, announced our support for a... Uh, protect marriage uh, resolution that we hope to get on the ballot in 2012 in the state of Illinois, where I live. Uh, our offices are in su- suburban Chicago. Our website is americansfortruth.com. That's americansfortruth.com. And so you'll be hearing a lot about that uh, uh, effort. And we stood against civil unions in the media here. Civil unions just became law in the state of Illinois. And uh, But today, I'm excited to be uh, announcing our first of four-part interview with a good friend of mine, Judith Reisman, Dr. Judith Reisman, who is just an amazing woman. And uh, Judith, are you on the line? I think so. <laughs> you think so? I think you're on the line. Uh, Judith is the president and founder of the Institute for Media Education. Her website is drjudithreisman.com. That's D-R-J-U-D-I-T-H-R-E-I-S-M-A-N.com. And Judith is, is just, um, she's done a, a, the, the world a tremendous favor by being the lead person exposing the fraud of Alfred Kinsey. Uh, and we're going to get to that. Um, she's, done, she's prolific. She's put out a lot of material. Uh, but first of all, Judith, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Peter. And you? Uh, we're doing great, and Judith, it's been uh, my privilege to know you over the years and work with you, work on projects with you, uh, and of course, our paths have intersected because in exposing the evil of pornography and, and perversion and the academic justification for uh, perversion, you you have gotten you have written about homosexuality, of course. Yeah, certainly uh, as as a definite problem and a component part of the uh, Kinsey heritage. This, this, you know, Kinsey was, as we know, the father of the sexual revolution and the father of the pedophile revolution and the father of the homosexual revolution. So, yes. Yes, he's quite esteemed by so-called gay activists uh, because he helped normalize homosexual behavior by, by exaggerating the numbers. But before we get into that, uh, Judith... Can you tell me, um, tell us about your life and how you got involved in this? Uh, the bio, your bio is available at drjudithreisman.com, but how did you get into this? Well, kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a very happy, uh, prolific musician and songwriter and um, uh, got invited to all the parties, you know. 
uh, back when I was young. I'm now not that young anymore. I'm hitting, you know, moving. What are you, 49? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, 76 years old. I've been at this for quite a while, but way back when I was younger, uh, I used to work for television and uh, for radio, do radio interviews, not interviews, uh, songwriting and so forth, and worked for television. CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, what was educational television at the time. And um, do, you know, histories and and anthropological and sociological musical (laughs) productions, if you will, for folks, uh, for these these, uh, agencies, commercial and and public television. And um, I was doing quite well. I mean, uh, I was pretty, pretty good. I ended up working for Captain Kangaroo, which was a very popular CBS television program in those days. Not, not as many young people know about it anymore. And um, uh, because, one day I, I was watching a piece that I had done for Captain Kangaroo. Uh, on, I was watching a piece I had done on grandparents, and it was a, a song uh, that was set to music, which is, it was the pre- pre-MTV, really, um, which was set to visuals, rather. And um, I, as I watched this piece, I was quite impressed, and then it went off. I thought, oh, my goodness, look at you know millions and millions of children and adults. We had about a six million uh, adult um, consumership at the time. People watched it. Uh, are, are listening to this piece that I've done, and it took so much care. And... Um, I realized when I went to the grocery store, all the children were clamoring for, for sugar, you know, things and for all kinds of stuff and not listening to their parents. And I thought, you know, as much as I'm doing this television work for Captain, as soon as the song went off, all the ads came on. And I thought, hmm, that's not really good. It's endangering uh, parental, uh, you know, parental... Um, respect and so forth and, and and I ended up thinking, well maybe I better go back to college and see what's going on about television effects which I did decide to go back and see what the research was on television effects and lo and behold found out that in nineteen seventy two Surgeon General's uh, report on television had identified television as as completely involved in violence and all sorts of other dysfunctional behavior and it's just the public didn't know about it. And uh, so I ended up going back to university and deciding to go forward and do a Ph.D. thesis. And it was supposed to be on television, but since that was already done, I moved on to other things. Now, uh, brief. <laughs> yes, and, and you had, uh, uh, well, first of all, the, the your enemies have used your children's television background against you, saying, oh, Judith Reisman, you worked for Captain Kangaroo, even though you, you've put out some serious scholarship on the effects of pornography, and and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you are the author of uh, how many books? Well, depending how you count, I suppose five or so, something like that. Your most you've did you did Kinsey Sex and Fraud, which moved a lot of people. Was one of the first mm-hmm. things to really alert people to uh, Doctor Alfred Kinsey, the sexologist. You did Kinsey cover up, and what is your new one, Judith? Well, the new one is sexual sabotage. Um, 
The one before that then was Kinsey Crimes the Consequences. Before that, I did a book called Soft Porn Plays Hard Ball, which predicted everything that's taking place today. Uh, was pretty obvious when I did it, which was back in 1990, that this would happen, that we'd move into this really terrible addiction problem. And then, of course, I did my research for the United States Department of Justice on images of children, crime, and violence in Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler. Yeah. Now, you had a, a very traumatic thing, and you write about it on your website. Uh, you have a page called The Personal Odyssey to the Truth, in which your own 10-year-old daughter... Uh, was molested by a 13-year-old uh, boy who was a, a trusted friend of the family. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is that what got you into the uh, whole realm of uh, the, the the sexology and, and all that? Yeah, in a way. Uh, when this happened, I was pretty shocked. I had myself had come from a very protected family life, standard for my years, um, we, we certainly knew that these things happened, but very few children had been exposed to sexual assault, sexual abuse. Um, it, 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 it was not unheard of by any means, but it was not pandemic. It was not epidemic. And so my life had been extremely protected. And to find that I had a 10-year-old child who had been assaulted, molested by a 13-year-old boy that she trusted was a a huge shock. So uh, he came from um, an intact family, and I I began to to try to investigate why this had happened. You know, why did did this boy do such a thing, such a vile and violent thing to a child? Why would he do it? And so it was a, a trail that I began to follow. And it led me to Kinsey, it led me to Playboy, which was something that this boy was at the time addicted to. His father had this, a huge collection. And, um, and I found that he had been also sexually molesting other children in the neighborhood and mm. that he was protected by the uh, confidence, uh, confidential record of therapist and, and uh, patient, and, uh, which led me into... Uh, trying to figure out what had happened to the laws, you see, uh, that would have protected my daughter instead of the boy and all the other children he molested. And so all of that kind of began to coalesce into uh, the history of human sexuality in the United States of America, which has been a very disastrous history and one that is being exploited today. Uh, very viciously on on all sides, and homosexuality is one aspect of it, but it uh, it goes across the continuum. And and you are, um, in some sense, I think, a, a feared person because uh, you put uh, you put science and research behind uh, you know what's really happening with the pornography. I mean, your daughter was uh, an extended victim of Playboy magazine, which is, you know, started right here in Chicago. Hugh Hefner, uh, very uh, accepted, uh, lots of, to this day, I mean, Hugh Hefner, despite being a, you know, walking around, what does he have, his multiple girlfriends walking around in his PJs, he's still treated like a hero in Chicago, and yet you're showing the real-life consequences of this, Judith. Um, 
Uh, we'll get back to it after the break. Judith Reisman we're talking to, who is a good friend. She is the founder and the president of the Institute for Media Education. You'll want to go to her website, which is drjudithreisman.com, and that's DR for doctor. drjudithreisman.com, a wealth of information from this person who's helped expose the perverted lobby in this country. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Americans for Truth about homosexuality, the Americans for Truth Hour. I was sort of blabbering on, not very articulately, about uh, the important work that Judith Reisman has done. She, um, you took something uh, like Playboy magazine. The vast bulk of, of the country, people are like lemmings and they think, oh, Playboy, oh, it's not serious. And yet your personal life, your daughter's life was influenced by this uh, this toxic force of pornography in our society. Um that's what got. Is that what introduced you to this whole Playboy phenomenon? And, and how widespread is our, what happened to your daughter, Judith? How widespread is that from of the effects of something like Playboy? Well, so widespread. I mean, <laughs> um, we we are who we are today uh, in terms of the trafficking issue, sexual trafficking, in terms of the pornography addiction, in terms of the the two thousand five hundred. Uh, men and boy, I guess, I suppose there might have been a few women um, on the Pentagon staff who were found downloading child pornography. Um, you know, the addiction problem, the, the breakdown in the marriage, in, in marriages, the uh, child custody. I've, I've personally been involved in two major child custody cases where uh, custody had to be given to the mother because the father was addicted to teen pornography, quote-unquote legal pornography. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you don't get to where we are without it being very carefully, systematically programmed. And Playboy carefully, systematically programmed children as viable sex targets. And explain yeah, that part, well Judith. Done. That's with the the cartoons and everything. Explain that part of Playboy, because hopefully a lot of our reader, our listeners, uh, and followers of Americans for Truth are not too familiar with Playboy. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they're somewhat familiar. Right. <laughs> it, this is a cultural phenomenon, and very few people have not been exposed, which is a disaster. But uh, let, before I say that, let me mention. Let's get really clear. Uh, Hugh Hefner was a virgin, like most men were during the the World War II era. Uh, he was completely radicalized by Kinsey. Uh, he said he read Kinsey and Kinsey's report and decided, my goodness, my parents were hypocrites like everybody else. Uh, they've all been sexually licentious. I've been lied to. And he decided that he would turn his life around and become what he called Kinsey's pamphleteer. Now, since Kinsey himself was involved in arranging for the sexual torture, and I'm quite clear about that, and, you know, nobody will sue me at the Kinsey Institute anymore, though they threatened originally because they don't want this in the public court, that uh, since, since Kinsey was involved in the sexual torture and rape of hundreds, if not 2,035, infants, infants as young as two months of age, and children. Um, since that was a Kinsey principle, you can imagine that, that Hefner, having proclaimed himself Kinsey's pamphleteer, would be promoting Kinsey's belief system about kids, and he did. 
Now, let's back up there, Judith, because and uh, our people, of course, we've covered some of this, but um, you were v- instrumental in bringing to the fore decades after the publication of, of Alfred Kinsey's book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, the fact that he had tables of children who were so-called orgasms of infant children. Now, um, uh, tell us how you, uh, I mean, when you discovered that, you must have been flabbergasted that this never got widespread media attention. Tell us that whole part of the of the puzzle. Yeah, I was completely shocked. I was so naive. <laughs> I thought, you know, <laughs> as most of us have been in our lives, um, I was completely naive. I, I just couldn't believe that, um, in fact, what I was seeing in these in in this respectable um, respectable book, sexual what, behavior in the human male. Was this when you were in, back getting your doctorate? When did you first see it? Well, actually, I, I was attending a conference in Wales about pornography, about Playboy. Uh, it was a British Psychological Association conference, and I discovered these children in Playboy, and it was a systematic use of children, and so I was giving a paper at the Conference on Love and Attraction. And lo and behold, it turns out that uh, this was the center of, uh, of the growing pedophile, uh, pedophile lobby and the pedophile academic lobby. And the pedophile academic lobby was meeting at this conference uh, on love and attraction in, uh, in Wales. Um, the, it was called PIE, Pedophile Information Exchange. And uh, this, there they were. Uh, I was giving a paper describing the sexual abuse of children in Playboy. I was attacking that. And uh, a man came up to me after I gave my presentation. And he said, you know, he said, I, I couldn't believe what you what you said. He said, but I attended your conference and I saw all the slides. I had all the pictures up there, 160. And, um, and he said, you know, he said, I worked with Kinsey and Pomeroy. One was a, one was a pedophile and the other is a homosexual. I said, which was which? I, he said, read and discover. So I went back to uh, I went back to the uh, to the books when I got home, sexual behavior in the human male, and began to look at those tables in the books and was completely blown away. I mean, we're looking at a two-month-old baby allegedly being tested for an orgasm, and around the clock, four-year-old being tested 24 hours around the clock claimed that there were 26 orgasms this little boy had. Uh, and, and I said, well, this is child sexual abuse. I mean, this is rape. This is sodomy of children. Um, looked to see what was written, checked out the university, uh, the, the academic data, found absolutely nothing reporting the children's abuse. And from there, uh, my life was completely changed. So, so you began to study uh, this world-renowned uh, work uh, by Alfred Kinsey, which to this day I'm just astonished that no reporter worth his salt could have just taken that and exposed right there that uh, this Kinsey had exposed children, overseen the exposure of children to, the, to this awful abuse. Uh, <laughs> it is a stunning thing. Yeah, well, actually it turned out, 
you know, many years later, uh, we did get a, a British, a British uh, uh, documentary um, in England. Yorkshire Television did a documentary, and they located the fact that, that Kinsey actually was working with a Nazi in Germany at the time, uh, and this man was, was uh, threatening the children during the war. He threatened the children, it was, it's either the smokestacks or it's me. And Kinsey was working with this man. Uh, Kinsey himself was in all probability actually doing some of the hands-on torture of these children. Um, that I've documented in my book. Um, he, he didn't necessarily do a lot of children, but, uh, but certainly he was there also during the filming. There was filming. Um, the, the fact is that Fox uh, feature film on Kinsey called Kinsey, starring Liam Neeson, it had to talk about this. They didn't want to, but um, Dr. Laura Schlesinger had discussed it, and her people were protesting what was going on, that the film was being made. And so the film, Kinsey had to include a little segment on it where they tried to pretend that Kinsey really objected. He didn't object at all. He solicited these, these violences. He solicited that activity. He solicited the rapes of these children. There's no question about that. He, he just and, regarded it as data? Yeah, well, of course, which, which was the pedophile and which was the homosexual that the man told me about? Um, my, I, I believe there's no question that Kinsey was the pedophile and that Pomeroy was at the time the homosexual. So whether he just simply solicited it for data or whether he solicited because this was something he wanted to do, enjoyed mm-hmm. doing, uh, and then wanted to, to, to prove the normality of this activity through data. Um, you know, who knows? But uh, there's no question that the children were being violated. We've had people come forward. Some have gone public. Some have not. Um, and they were victims of Kinsey, uh, just, as, just as there were adults who were victims of, of Kinsey. And mm-hmm. I've had quite a few people who, re, who came to me and told me the stories of what happened uh, there. Including so, his wife, right, Judith? I mean, didn't he involve oh, his indeed. wife in his sexual experiments? Oh, indeed. Oh, indeed. Yeah, she, was, she and other, uh, other women who were married to his staff member, he was having sex with the guys he was with. Um, he would only hire handsome young men with whom he could have sex. Uh, one of them, uh, uh, Paul Gebhardt, couldn't really, uh, couldn't really engage in homosexual sex. He was very apologetic about that. But he did, uh, but he did offer to carry on every other kind of experiment you know, that, that Kinsey could concoct. Um, no, this, this is an amazing story and very, very telling. I mean, we have right now the Kinsey Institute exists in the United States of America, very involved in, in training and in um, uh, educating, if you will, American sexual behavior. Getting, they've got tons of money for years and years and years, got millions of dollars. SECUS uh, was built out of the Kinsey Institute. That's the Sex Information Education Council of the United States. Planned Parenthood's programs are all grounded on Kinsey. Everything that happened, there was no human sexuality field, no human sexuality, um, quote-unquote, science, pre-Kinsey in the United States of America and anywhere. And he founded it, and everything that takes place today can be regarded as footnotes on human sexuality education to Kinsey. No one dares go into the field. No one. 
unless they are a Keynesian. It's not going to happen. And and you uh, led the way in exposing millions of people in America and across the world to the real Kinsey, who was uh, apparently a deranged pervert. I mean, this is just an incredible story. I think it's one of the most amazing media cover-up stories in the history of the world. Uh, we're talking to Judith Reisman, Dr. Judith Reisman. Her website is drjudithreisman, drjudithreisman.com. Our website is americansfortruth.org. We'll have this web, uh, this interview online later on. We'll come right back after the break. Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your tax-deductible gift online today at americansfortruth.com. That's americansfortruth.com. Welcome back, everybody, to our interview with uh, Judith Reisman, who's uh, just one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, Judith is talking about uh, Dr. Alfred Kinsey, who, um, in case you've been living in a cave for the last few decades, is the, the most famous sexologist ever, right, Judith? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's a father. He founded this entire field. As I said, everything's a footnote to him. You you know, nobody trains in this field and gets a degree or a, a certification who is not a Keynesian. That is it. Okay, now, here's what I'm curious about. He came out, his book was published, what, 1953, Sexual Behavior? Well, first, no, there were two. One, the first one was 1948. 48. Three years out, yeah, just three, that we just had our guys staggering home from from World War II, you know, the soldiers who, and he was, by the way, a draft dodger, and he lied about all his lovers so that they could stay out of the Army during World War II. Um, he wanted to keep them close at hand. And uh, so, so what happened was he published 1948 Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, and then in 1953 followed up with what they called the K-bomb Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. And quite frankly, it was above the fold, you know, bigger than, than bombs that were going off at the time. Okay, now here's what I still don't get, and for the life of me, I don't think I'll ever understand it. Why did it take Judith Reisman to finally get massive exposure of this criminality of exposing kids, is it, uh, you know, to, to infants, to mm-hmm. sexual abuse? Is it because everybody was enthralled with the the mores were being loosened, and so the the media he he played the media so that they just worshipped him? Why wasn't there one dissident who could get this information out? Well, there was one, and 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 there was an attempt. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a major attempt in 1954. The Reese Committee it was a congressional investigation, for heaven's sakes, Peter. And, um, uh, and and let's remember when you talk when we say Kinsey, well, think in terms of Rockefeller. Right. You know, you're talking about 
he was being used. He was the front man. But the Rockefeller Foundation, this multi-billion dollar outfit, that was really, uh, nobody would go up against Rockefeller. It just was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And in academe, you're certainly not going to go up against uh, Rockefeller if he has funded this guy, because why? Well, it's simple. Uh, you know, you're hoping that your grants will be funded. You're hoping your university gets money from the Rockefellers, and if they don't, they want to. And so... That's a prestigious group to go up against, and you're not going to do it. And so, academicians didn't do it. There was uh, there was one academician, a sociologist, uh, Hobbes, who I write about in my second, third book or so. Um, a very brave fellow sociologist who uh, who revealed a, a good deal of information about all this. Did not note it. Question about the children. Could not believe it. You know, people were too were just too innocent in those years. And um, and the 50, 1954, the Reese Committee, was a congressional investigation of um, the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Carnegie, um, and um, Ford. And they concluded that these so-called philanthropies were actually engaged in anti-American activity, that they were attempting to destroy the Judeo-Christian belief system that we existed uh, based upon and so on. And... Um, they wanted, since Kinsey was a Rockefeller grantee, obviously they wanted to investigate the Kinsey research. Uh, and you know what happened, don't you, Peter? Tell me, Judith. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they assumed that they could investigate the Kinsey research just as they were investigating all of the other research projects that Rockefeller was funding. However, uh, the, the commission was uh, being run by Carol Reese, a congressman, a very prestigious congressman, and he was told that if he insisted on looking at the Kinsey data, if he insisted on looking at the Kinsey data, which means he would, in 1954, have looked and exposed the child sexual abuse, right? Right, right. That they would lose all their money and that the congressional investigation would be shut down. Wow. Now think about that. Who has the power uh, to influence the Republicans and the Democrats, the entire, all all of Congress, to threaten another congressman, a senior congressman, with the closure of a congressional investigation if he looks at the Kinsey data? Why were they so afraid? to reveal the Kinsey data. Wow. And they did. They removed all the Kinsey data from the congressional investigation, handed it over to, uh, what, I've forgotten his name, one of uh, a derelict congressman who had ended up uh, being in all sorts of trouble uh, with Fanny Fox or something like that. I have to remember that one. Um, and, uh, and, and they were allowed then to proceed and look at everything else and come to their disastrous conclusions about Rockefeller and Carnegie and so on, but had they exposed in 1954 to the American public mm-hmm. those tables with little, a two-month-old baby 
with infants and with children being tested around the clock, use stopwatches to to torture these children. When I say torture, Kinsey defined it as fainting. These children fainted. They had convulsions. They Ugh. screamed. They writhed in pain. This is mm. all in black and white in his own book. Do you really believe that we would be where we are today Absolutely if the American not. public had learned at that time what the father of human sexuality was all about? It's incredible it that they were able to stop it. It's incredible mm-hmm. that they were able to stop it. And, and uh, wow, I mean, this is the stuff that conspiracies are made of, right, uh, right, Judith? Well, yes. What would you call it? It's not right. a conspiracy, for heaven's sakes. I mean, so they, so they basically put that on the shelf. They put that on the shelf. Oh, the most no, damaging... They, they, yeah, they, they, what they said was it was locked up. In the file somewhere, and they never saw the light of. But day. it was a book. It was a published book that would that that had worldwide acclaim. How could how could they not investigate it? Yeah, how could they not? It was shaping all of our laws at the time. Now talk about that. Talk about that. Well, see, that was 1954. I think it was 54. By 1955, Kinsey's lies had been shifted. Rockefeller took their money out of the Kinsey, uh, Kinsey research itself because of all the flap, you know. And they just funneled that phony research, which they knew was phony. They knew these were lies. They, they knew that. And they funneled this, this bogus research into the creation of what was then called the American Law Institute Model Penal Code the American Law Institute Model Penal Code. And what that was, was a complete gutting of all of American sex laws and protections for women and children. And in fact, it showed up in Lawrence v. Texas, which was the big homosexual, uh, the sodomy case, uh, just, what, 2003. Uh, that entire decision by the U.S. Supreme Court came down to the phony research created by Kinsey in 1955 American Institute Model Penal Code and the support from homosexual writers who were all citing to Kinsey and, and his disciples. So we gutted our sodomy laws uh, based upon the phony data collected by a bunch of pedophiles and pederasts. <laughs> I mean, it's and, unbelievable. And, and surveying criminals, people with criminal paths, the type of people who are perverted and want to talk about uh, their sex lives. And Judith, I believe that Illinois, where I live, was one of the first states to adopt that American Law Institute model. Is that is that correct? Yes, I recall it. Yes, I think you're correct. And in fact, of course, that's uh, uh, it's on. I have a, a, a breakdown as to uh, in my book, Sex, uh, Kinsey Crimes and Consequences, and I think also, yeah, and also in in the last one, uh, Sexual Sabotage. I have a complete breakdown of state by state. The ones that each state, they fell like dominoes, uh, began to adopt Kinsey's research and to change, gut their laws. Look, Peter, in 1955, uh, before this happened, seduction, i.e., you know, seduction, whispering sweet nothings into that girl's ear, seduction was against the law in most states of the Union. It was a felony in California. We had alienation of affection laws. We had uh, age of consent. What about if uh, a, what about if a man, uh, let's say a thirty-five-year-old man, raped an underage girl? What would happen to that? What would be the penalty for that? Well, he could get killed. I mean, he could death penalty. You death know, penalty. Yeah, you had the death penalty for that. What is it? You what is it typically penalty. today? 
oh, you know, if he gets anything. I mean, you can plea bargain now, and, and if you can claim, quote, consent, right, then you can protest that you didn't know and, and so forth. Now, it's gotten a little tougher in the last few years than it was a few years ago. Why? Because we've got such an ap- epidemic, such a pandemic, that, uh, that people are starting to get concerned. They can't let their kids out the front door. So, um, so yeah, we had the death penalty in, in, most, in half the states, for rape, and I'm saying that when I say rape, it wasn't necessarily rape of a child. It was rape. Uh, you couldn't go around doing those kinds of things in this country without risking the death penalty. We had, we used to call kids where it was um, jailbait, right? If she was under 21, right? Jailbait, and I, I don't hear that term very much anymore. Do you? No, no. Yeah. So, so the whole treatment of children completely, was completely gutted and completely revised, and women, of course, uh, with the Kinsey data, and those data were always lies, and they were always created by a group of sexual psychopaths who worked with Kinsey, under Kinsey. Uh, You always pick someone like you. You're not going to employ people who will tell the truth, yeah? Uh, You could go to jail. So uh, Kinsey and his team, represented by the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, created the gutting of our laws. Uh, age of consent dropped radically. Uh, women were no longer believed uh, when they when they challenged, you know, rape, because Kinsey claimed that uh, that most of our women were involved in sexually solicitous activity anyway. Right. So he lied about the women. He lied about the men. Look, the only women he could in, he could talk to really were coerced from colleges or women who were themselves... Take a break uh, there, Judith. I've got to cut you off. We'll be right back after the break. And welcome back, everybody, to our fourth and final segment of our first interview with Dr. Judith Reisman. First of four, we're privileged to have Judith on the show, and I'm, I'm privileged to have Judith as a friend. She's done yeoman's work in exposing this monster, Alfred Kinsey. And that's what he was, folks. Uh, and it, and every time I hear this story, and of course you can't hear it from anybody better than Judith Reisman, uh, about what was perpetrated under the so-called research of Alfred Kinsey, it's just astonishing. Now, Judith, two questions. Number one, uh, so after this investigation was set back, did was there a period of a, and this American Law Committee was set up, was there this dormancy period where there there was just no in further, no serious investigation into Kinsey? Had it had it moved Absolutely. along too fast at that point? Well, it just sailed through at that point. Just was sailing through everywhere. Uh, all the legal, the entire legal system was gutted, was revised uh, in order to make it more quote. Uh, consistent with reality, yeah? <laughs> um, because what had happened was World War II, you know, our guys are back. Uh, uh, they were not able to really battle this. They, they, they thought they wore that, won that war, you know, overseas. Um, and, and quite frankly, the whole first 
section of my book, Sexual Sabotage, addresses what was done to that World War II generation, the sabotage of that generation. Uh, they won the war for the world, you know? Right. And here they come back, and their lives, their own children, the baby boomers, are going to turn against them, are going to be doing sex, drugs, rock and roll at, at Woodstock, because they think that their parents... They've been taught that their parents were a bunch of sexual hypocrites, that they were really sexual libertarians, that they went to church on Sunday, but that, you know, they were gallivanting around on Saturday, committing all of these sex activities with, with same sex, with, uh, you know, um, with, uh, with the guy next door or the girl next door, something like that. Well, it turns out that Kinsey did all of his, 87% of his interviews, if I'm remembering right, yeah, and I think I am, uh, were carried out during World War II. Well, look, Peter, I was alive during World War II, and I got to tell you, I knew that. Everybody knew, and and the laws were very clear. During World War II, none of the guys who were in the service, none of the women who were working in the factories, in the war factories, no one back here at home could be interviewed by Kinsey if he was not actually a deviant or you know a. Uh, a, a, um, someone that was not allowed into the services or someone who was just peripheral at that time, flat, flat feet maybe, you know, perhaps that. But most of your guys were overseas fighting or oh, your women. Incredible. And your women were serving, you know, working in the, in the plants at the time, war plants. Nobody was allowed to talk to a private man and give him, you know, personal information. There were posters everywhere you turned. Don't talk. You know, you don't talk. You don't talk about your life, about anything that's going on personal, because the enemy could be listening. You posters everywhere about that. Now, yeah. what, what was the chief lie, or what were the chief lies of the female version of his his second volume? Uh, I know one of them surrounded the idea. He made it seem like there was much more adultery and and uh, loose loose marriages than there yeah, actually yeah, were. That- yeah, well, that gutted our marriage laws. How did he do that? How did he trick that? Kinsey gutted our marriage laws. I mean, it was one thing when he came out and he claimed that almost half of our guys committed adultery, which was a lie, absolute blatant lie. He's claimed that uh, that the majority of our women and men were having sex prior to marriage. Well, that was also a lie. Uh, they really weren't. He, as I said, even Hefner was a virgin, for goodness sakes, you know? So how did he do that, Julie? Was that by, because he, he counted as marriages, um, these uh, common law? I mean, how did he pull that one off? You got that. That's very good. You read my book. Yes. Um, at least parts of it. Eh? Right. Okay. Yeah, I still have a long way to go. But it was, so he counted as marriage as what? That, things that yeah, at the time were... Could, all right. He couldn't get women. Look, women weren't going to sit down with some guy, you know, in a little white coat, whether he wore a white <laughs> coat or not, and, and, and talk about their sexual lives. That's ridiculous. And so what he did is he had a large prostitute population, women who had been prostituted. And uh, what he did is he just called prostitutes and women who are living uh, with a man illegally, which is also considered to be absolutely abhorrent in those years, uh, he called them wives. Any woman who lived more than a year with a man, he just dubbed a wife. 
and that became Susie Homemaker. And surprising, uh, you know, surprise of all surprises, these women had very high rates of early sexual activity. They were sexually abused, by the way, for a great extent, to a great extent, but he wouldn't report on that. So he solicited, he picked and he cherry picked what he wanted to say. So, so this group of women he now redefined as the average American wife. And doing so, he could say that uh, 27% were committing adultery. He could say that, uh, that, the, that, that a similar number of, quote, wives had had abortions and that 87% of, of, uh, of single women who were pregnant had abortions. And all this was harmless. Don't worry about it. They were harmless. And here's the best one of all. I mean, this blows my mind, you know, in terms of adults, Peter. I, I, I could not believe this. I read it, I don't know how many times before I could grasp it. He claimed that he interviewed 4,441 women, Peter, and that not one of them, not one single woman, really had suffered terribly from a rape. Now, look. I'm the first person to tell you that things were definitely better for women and children, sexually and for men, uh, pre-Kinsey. I'll tell you that. But to say that of 4,441 women, not one person had ever really suffered from a a rape, talk about a flat-out lie. And then turn the pages, and you see he's talking about... Uh, well, he's got 13 or 14 girls, he says, that were incestuously abused, but he says that they solicited it, so don't worry about it. So, no, this, is a, ped- this is a pedophile, and this is, or a pederast, and this is a man who really was out to get women and out to get children, and he did. Judith, we've got two minutes till we're done here with our first uh, part, but what about, uh, what was the big homosexual lie that, uh, what was it, 34% of men had experienced homosexuality? What, was the, what were the big lies on that one? Well, it's the one that's being taught today everywhere in school, and this Kinsey scale, just type in Kinsey scale on the, on the web, and you'll get hundreds of, of pictures and explanations. The Kinsey scale, 10 to 37%, or it depends who's looking at it, maybe it could be 47%, are homosexual at some point in their lives, that they've had uh, an experience to orgasm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in fact, those are all lies. Again, co- concocted by Kinsey, it never happened. Uh, he certainly never distinguished. He said that if they had an idea, they could psychically be homosexual. And he put that number in his, in his 10 to 37%. That kicks off the homosexual revolution. Harry Hay says, oh, he says 10% to 37% of us are homosexual. That means we will create a homosexual lobby, a homosexual movement based not on our sodomy activities, but based on our orientation. Thus came Peter LaBarbera. Well, so, so he's saying whole, this vast mm-hmm. number of men had somehow uh, experienced homosexuality. He himself was a homosexual, and we'll get into that next time, Judith, the perverted life of Alfred Kinsey himself. But how astonishing that this, all this has been perpetrated. Give me 15 seconds, Judith, then I've got to close it out. Okay. Well, I mean, he was also a sadomasochist and a pornography addict. So it all went together, and that's where we find so many people today, including people from the Pentagon, 2000, what, how many? I've forgotten now, 2000, 
100, whatever, um, being caught with child pornography. So, ladies and gentlemen, look around you. When you start reading the data on the rapes and the tortures and all the things that are... We'll have to cut you off there, Judith. Cut you off there. Uh, This is Dr. Judith Reisman. Her website is drjudithreisman.com. We'll talk to you next week. This was the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Tune in Saturdays at 11 p.m. to hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Stay informed and engaged on the issues of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with them as they work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. The Americans for Truth Hour, Saturdays at 11 p.m. on AM 1160.